Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And this week, we're going to ask you to think with us a bit about power, about all the ways that we might be giving away our power as nonprofit organizations. You know, nonprofits and power, those two words are often not used in the same sentence, that we tend to shy away from thinking about power, which is exactly why we want to lean into it today. Sarah has a great fundraising training where she helps small nonprofits to see the superpowers that they have. And I think that that's so important to lift up as we explore this topic today. I agree, Nancy, and I'm I'm excited to dig in on this topic with you because I think nonprofits and nonprofit leaders and volunteers have way more power than they know. And sometimes it, it takes a bold and courageous act to embrace your power. And I'm hoping that in our conversation today, we can help you think through how you can feel more powerful and use the power tools that you have um, to really make your mission become real. You invite people to live in that question of what is your relationship with money? And here we're talking about what, you know, really living into that question of what is your personal relationship with power? A few weeks ago, we read a fascinating and thought-provoking post by Nell Edgington of Social Velocity. She's been writing a series on her blog about how nonprofit change makers so often feel powerless or even do things to diminish or not recognize the power they have. We thought her ideas were worth sharing and talking about because we live in a society where power, we have power and others have power. And by teasing this apart, we're better able to, to fulfill our mission. You know, I began my career in international development and international education. And in that space, we used to think a lot about power and the, particularly the relationship between the word power and empower, you know, that was it our role to empower other people, but that meant that we still held the power, but isn't it more to make space that people can have the power that they already have to exercise what is already theirs? And I think that there's a piece of that here for nonprofits. I mean, Sarah, isn't that what we're speaking of, of nonprofits just taking ownership of the power that they have? Right. And it's taking ownership of the power you have and acknowledging that many of the structures that exist don't give space to nonprofits. And so we need to utilize and reinforce the powers we do have to help change those structures. I mean, the reality is a lot of nonprofit organizations are led by people of color or by women, um, by organizational structures, even in the tax code and the way philanthropy works that make it feel as though you have no access to power. And so I hope what we're exploring today are, are things that make you realize you have leverage points. And if we use those leverage points together as a community of nonprofit organizations mobilized to make the world better we can change some of those structures that keep power contained in other sectors of our economy and, and maybe boost the nonprofit sector all around. I think you're right. And perhaps by our living into this question and maybe bringing up more questions than answers, it might invite you and your organizations to bring up these questions. And, and we don't always have answers to these questions, but we certainly need to talk about it more. Absolutely. So I want to thank you for sharing Nell Edgington's posts with me, Nancy, and I hope our 
listeners will will read some of her posts and, and lean into the questions that they provoke, the reactions that they provoke in you. And let's just dive in a little bit here and get started on, on some of the examples she laid out and, and share our reflections on them. First one she talks about is that nonprofits often give away power to money. Um, so we naturally think in terms of scarcity. We assume the pie is finite. There's only so much money and we're competing with other needs in our communities. Um, And that just creates competition and anxiety and burnout. (laughs) Um, And it's not inspiring to anyone. It's not inspiring to, to you as a worker trying to find the resources your movement needs. And it's not inspiring to donors who feel like they have to pick and choose between worthy causes. So one of the things we talk a lot about in when I encourage people to reframe their thinking around fundraising is what if we thought in terms of abundance? I do not believe we have come anywhere close to reaching max philanthropy in our culture. Um, we have a lot of people who would give away more if they felt good about doing it, if it felt like it was making an impact, if it felt like it had the potential to, to change things. And I think we have a great opportunity to do more when we think about abundance, when we think about how do I support the organization down the road or across the state that also my donors should know about and care about? How do I think in terms of generating giving as the concept and knowing that at some point it will come to my mission from the people who share my values? I think there's a huge amount of work in the nonprofit sector that holds us down because we believe that I have to get mine and you won't get yours. Um, And if we thought instead about how do we inspire generosity, how do we inspire people to see that they can work with many organizations to make a big difference, we all end up doing better. I think you're absolutely right. That scarcity mindset pits people against people, because if you get it, I don't. And that leads to kind of a lack of creative solutions. One of my mentors and a thought leader I think a lot about is Mark Lindenberg, who used to be the dean of the Evans School. And his mantra was that if the pie isn't big enough, grow the pie. And he did exactly that while he was at the U- University of Washington's Evans School. And I've, I've said that over and over again, always thinking about Mark and that philosophy of let's grow the pie. Let's put our energy behind growing the pie. We have a finite amount of energy. And so let's not focus on the divide that scarcity kind of stirs up but let's focus on growing the pie. And along the same lines, I feel like in the nonprofit sector, we give away power to money itself because we each come to the table bringing our own baggage around money. And I might have a sense when when I hear the word money of, oh, it's it's precious, scarce, it's powerful. Maybe I think it's abundant. Maybe I think it's evil. Maybe I think it's for good. If you survey a room full of people, the words that they associate with money are varied and diverse. It's just true. But each one of us brings our own set of words to that conversation, and we assume those we're talking to share the same feelings about money. And so we shut down conversations. Maybe maybe I have very protective words around money. And so when I go to talk to you, I, I assume you feel the same. And yet you might feel very free and open with money. And if I bring my baggage to that conversation, I've shut the door on you getting to, getting to do something you might really find valuable. 
So part of the process too, around owning your power around money is not letting it have power over you, getting really comfortable with talking about money, with being in a space where money is a means to getting the work done of your organization and acknowledging that not everyone feels the same way you do about it. I think this is where we see the overlay of social issues and historical issues as well. A lot of the nonprofit world is moved forward by women and women historically have had challenges with power. Women don't like to talk about power. We don't like to necessarily lean into power. And there's many reasons for that, certainly not blaming anyone for that. But this is, again, that area of, you know, you encourage us to talk about money. I would love to encourage folks to talk about power. I think we also give our power to funders. That funder-recipient power dynamic is really real. I know I've been on the, the short end of the stick not being invited to conversations because I'm just a nonprofit or, you know, something like that. It, it just, I feel terrible when that kind of language pops up. And one thing I like to think about is how we self-identify. Do we self-identify as I'm just a nonprofit or do we self-identify as a thought leader, as an expert practitioner, as a community builder, an activist, as a social laboratory where we are finding small-scale solutions that we might be able to scale up, how we self-identify and show up in the world will help. It won't always solve the problem, but it may help with that natural divide that exists between funders and recipients. That is so true. And I just want to see nonprofit organizations speak on an equal level uh, to their funders. You know, it doesn't have to be all deference and, oh, gratitude and appreciation. Obviously, there's a, a place for gratitude and appreciation in any relationship. But this is an equal relationship, or it can be, because a foundation or a funder can't do the work they want to do without you. And you're the expert in this work and you have as much to offer that donor or foundation as they do to your cause. You're the change maker in that relationship. You're the change maker and they need you. And so I live for the day when nonprofits are, are calling foundations and saying, I see your grant request and proposal. I want, but here's what I need. Here's where I'm going to vary from your request because this is what this movement and this mission needs. How can we work together to make that happen? You know, there's just a whole historical shift here in, in that funder donor, funder donor slash nonprofit relationship um, that we need to uh, embrace and say we, we can speak and say what we need because they need us too. That makes me think about one of our core principles around relationship. An important part of relationship, of course, is that trust building and that trust building comes through accountability and holding each other accountable. And the way to hold each other accountable is to have honest conversation. Absolutely. We also give away power to policymakers. If you have been in the nonprofit world for a long time, there was a whole era where we were taught, no, nonprofits remain you know, quiet. There are laws and rules that keep you from advocating too much or lobbying too much. That's really shifted, I'd say, in the last 10 years as there's been a really successful and inspiring movement to help nonprofits see that we do have a place in the policy arena, that, that we work with government agencies and uh, legislatures and, and policy decision makers to make things work. 
And if we're going to be a part of that conversation, then we have to have an organized voice at the table and a strategic voice at the table. And so if you aren't advocating and raising your voice with policymakers, you can't expect to be heard. And I think it's become a much more accepted part for nonprofit organizations to ask, what's our advocacy stance on this? That doesn't necessarily mean you have to be wildly, quote unquote, political. Some nonprofits are, but you don't have to be. But you have to be aware of where does your work overlap with public policy work? And therefore, what sort of voice do we want to have at the table in that policy work? If someone's about to make a change that changes the world of how recycled goods are available, and you're a a nonprofit recycling center, you better know about it. And you better have a voice at the table saying, hey, this is how it would affect my small rural community, or else you'll never be heard in that arena. And that's a powerful arena that you want to be heard in. You know, as we lean into this conversation about understanding our power, we can think really broadly, too, about understanding the power of the people we serve. That, again, to go back to that exploration, of power versus empower versus just making the space for people to have the power that they already have. You're working with clients and donors and, you know, a huge community of people who also have power and lifting up their voices, lifting up their stories and their experiences is part of understanding your landscape of power. And that's really important in that advocacy world, isn't it? It is. And it's that word you say of making space for their power. It's not you co-opting their power and and using it for your platform. It it really is sort of just leaving the door open and the space open and, and maybe helping someone see a way to utilize their power. That's really important in what we do. So we also give away our own power by neglecting our own needs. So if you're listening to the nonprofit radio show, you care a lot about your mission and your organization. You're investing time in learning and in in having these conversations with us. And we're so grateful for that. But it probably also means that you have a hard time saying no to something for your mission, that you're willing to go to any length to move forward what you do. And sometimes we need to say no, right? We need to We need to protect ourselves, set up those boundaries so that we are ready to do this work for the long haul and not just the short haul. So we've got to kind of power up ourselves and and relax and um, let our batteries recharge. Um, And that's really important too. Yeah. You know, and I really see this right now in this, as we are recording this, we're just beginning to kind of uh, all struggle with how we return to something um, after, after the COVID pandemic kept us all isolated. And I feel like in so many communities, it just feels like the needs have tripled while we were in the pandemic shutdown. And now you've come back and you're supposed to just be on it. You're supposed to just have answers. The world's changed, but you're supposed to know how to do everything. You're supposed to know how to integrate back in your volunteers and your staff. And the truth of the matter is we're still in a very unprecedented, uncertain time. And you will feel extra pressure right now. And I think this is a perfect time to practice the power of being patient with yourself and with those around you while still being passionate and impatient towards your mission. And there's that balance between the two, but you have to practice trying to find it or else you will find yourself exhausted and burnt out. And and that doesn't help your movement at all. We also have a unique window of time right now where we have the power, I think, 
to say, I don't want to go back to that way of doing things, that you have the power to say, I want to create a new reality for our organization, for how our board works, for how we raise money, for how we engage people, for how we communicate. And I think we have this window of time right now. And I hope we lean into that power. Well, it's fairly obvious. I think that the word of the week for us this week is power. I was really interested when I looked up what, you know, where did this word power come from? Um, And and its original etymology, I think is the right word, was to be able, which was not what I would have guessed. That is not what comes to mind when I hear the word power. I think of power as something that is held over others or that might be a, a superpower to do something. But this notion of seeing it as being able to made me really stop and think, what if I saw it as what if we were able to discuss money? able to provide meaning and value, able to impact policy, and even able to care for ourselves. It's been a really interesting thing for me to sit this week with with reframing power as to be able to. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to frame it. Of course, you know, I often fall back on the noun versus verb use of, of words, right? And the word power as we've been using it is is a noun. It's something that we might toss around like a football or in my house, like a a frisbee and i have power or i give you power and it's something that is is a thing it's curious to look at this more in a verb way and that is what would it take to power up or to power through or see this as that action that you're talking about right to be able to is really a transformational word of moving forward and i think that's really interesting absolutely you know, the truth is the nonprofit sector, and that's all of us here on the nonprofit radio show, are an essential part of our economy, our society, and all of our communities. You have the power to make change, and our world needs you to be using all of your powers in all of the ways you can. That means standing tall and proud and owning your space. That means resisting the temptation to do it all alone. That means refusing partnerships that make you feel less than. And that means amplifying all of the voices within your movement. You are more powerful than you know. We can see it. You've got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. 